Love War. Welcome to the Love War podcast. As always, we're Grant and Brian, one of us a professional musician, pastor, and recovering pastor's kid, the other a media and public relations expert, a writer, and a pop culture aficionado. How's it going? Oh, it's going good, man. Um, doing well, you know, rolling into the rolling into the holidays now. We were just um, talking about uh, the phrase, living the dream. Uh, we're, we're both yeah. living, living the dream, <laughs> whatever I, that means. Honestly, I'm really curious to see who came up with living the dream and if they were in fact living a dream or maybe they were just in, like you said, um, government. Yeah, I feel like that's like a mid-level government, like a state government official kind of thing to say. Like yeah. I'm living the dream. Like I, like it, it's not the full extent of the dream, but like mm. a part of my dream involved being in politics to some extent. Mm-hmm. So here I am living the dream. Yeah, yeah it's either that or... Um, somebody like somebody like going through and rejecting claims or sifting through claims in an insurance company for sure is what I (laughs) thought too so there's some life experience involved there I feel like yes well not for me but yeah there's totally there I was telling you before um not it's this is based on a true story yeah there's a guy who uh, I I owned a coffee shop at at, uh, one point and um there were people who, I mean, there's a guy who came in every day and he would get a black coffee with one ice cube in it. Um, <laughs> I can remember his order, a uh, black coffee with an ice cube in it. And I would always say, hey, you know, and use his name. How's it going? What's going on? And he would always say, I'm living the dream, Grant. I'm living the dream. But he was always so, I mean, he was just always so... Uh, he Tired. was really joy. No, no, no. He actually was. He was really joyful and like um, you know. He was always like super, super animated. So, but he was actually an insurance guy in a small insurance agency. So I feel like I there's remember. a. I don't know. There's a lesson there, right? Well, the funny thing was is like one time, and like I I didn't know. Like one time, like the the owner of this boutique insurance agency, like my coffee shop was walk in walking distance from his office. So he'd walk down like every day when he needed a break, you know, like 3 PM, you know, whatever it was, two 30. And one time the owner came down and was like, Hey, you know, and I, I, and I was like, Oh yeah, you know, you're the Ed's down here every day, you know? And he was like, you know, in the, in the afternoon when he needs a break and he's like, Oh, he is interesting. <laughs> oh, no, interesting and then you never saw him again and i was like uh well i mean sometimes not all the times not every day randomly once a week (laughs) well every other week you know like and uh so the next day he came in and i was like listen i'm sorry ed like i totally told him you were here but he was like i really appreciate appreciate that thank you so much that was a really interesting conversation that I had with him about wasting time on the clock so <laughs> holy cow like, yeah so anyway but yeah anyway so that absolutely is rooted in some uh, life experience for sure so today we're going to talk about uh, one of the ways that I love to waste time although I, I don't know maybe it's not such a waste I like watching movies I like watching TV I don't get to do it as much now that mm-hmm. I have a kid um most of my TV watching is like on my phone 
late at night and it's like YouTube videos. Like there's not a whole lot of TV going on in this house right now, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But the Golden Globe nominations are out and I yep. thought that we could talk about those. There's a show that is on the Golden Globes. It got a couple of nominations that you were very enthusiastic about. Mm-hmm. And there are a couple of snubs that I want to talk about, stuff okay. that didn't get nominations that I am fully invested in feel deserve nominations. So we're going to talk about that too. You know, it's so funny. Like, this week has been really interesting for just for media and shows in general. Like, you know, there was that whole, like, Netflix scare with uh, friends with them saying that they're going to – you know, cut friends. I didn't and, hear about this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were saying they were like, "Listen, uh, friends isn't going to be um, friends isn't going to be there for 2018." And every, I mean, apparently it was like a it was a thing on Instagram, and it, it went viral. I saw it on Twitter. Holy cow! So okay, and I was like, and I, 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 I was like, no, listen, I fall asleep every night watching Friends. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, it took gosh. me. A, Listen, it literally, it took a, listen, I, I'm fine with saying this now, okay, because I really refused to watch that show, and I honestly hated that show, I'd never seen it, but I refused to watch it until Rebecca made me watch it, and then I saw, like, and then I just, you know, I got addicted, I don't know what it was, I just literally, I just got addicted all of a sudden, so now, like, every single night on the iPad, I'm just kind of, like, you know, falling off the sleep, to sleep to it, so I see this, I see this on Netflix and I'm saying, or, you know, on Twitter, I'm like, nah, they wouldn't do that. But I know they would because they got rid of Everybody Loves Raymond. They okay? did. And they just, uh, uh, you heard they just nixed all of the uh, Marvel shows as well. Although that has to do with Disney starting its own streaming service and Netflix not wanting to play nice, I think. Yeah, so. well, that's crazy. And that's crazy. So I'm, I'm flipping out about, well, not flipping out, but I'm like, what am I going to, like, now I'm going to have to do this again, find another show again <clears throat> and then they then you know then they come out like you know a couple of days ago and they were like oh we were just kidding like no not really we we're just kidding so then you see they're like oh by the way um the backstory is it, it like warner media owns friends and it and it costs them about 30 million you know to use it you know from warner media for netflix to stream it this year, it's going to be $100 million. $100 million, which actually is um, – so I'm, I'm on Forbes right now, and they're saying that it's probably still a bargain because uh, even though Netflix is making a lot of its own shows, um, mm-hmm. they're, they're on, a, on a pretty decent budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they say, $100 million for a year of Friends is still um, – it doesn't go very far in Hollywood. Like $100 million to make a movie is chump change these days. Yeah, I, I hate mean, like, that phrase, chump change. I'm sorry yeah, that I just used that. That's all right. It's I all right. I mean, I mean, when it was running, I mean, this is, when, when it was running, I mean, there were, you know, I mean, I don't who knows what their guarantees were at that last season as far as like the actors are concerned and all that. So like a hundred million really isn't that, you know, but I don't, you know, I don't know what Netflix's budget is. I know they're massive. I know that they, you know, they, they increased it by a few bucks, you know, last year or whatever yep. it was. And um, did they I, I actually like I'm agreeing with you, but I don't <laughs> my wife does the bills. So did they? I didn't know that it went from like seven ninety nine to like ten ninety nine a month. Oh, oh, well, worth it. But right. But now, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just it's just funny to yeah, th- you know, 30 million. Those guys were making that, you know, themselves when it was probably running. Interesting that we're talking about streaming right now, because yeah. there's this show. 
that uh, that you enjoy. Yep. That is uh, nominated for, I believe, a couple, and I'm checking right here. It's called The Marvelous I'm... Mrs. Maisel, and yep. it's here's what it's nominated for: best television series, musical, or comedy. Mm-hmm. Um. Rachel Brosnahan is the actress. She's nominated mm-hmm. for Best Actress in a Television Series, Musical, or Comedy. Yeah. Um, and then Alex Borstein, one of the supporting actors. I'm sorry, actresses. We, we can call them actors, right? Actors, actresses. I, I I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the PC thing is. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but they're still calling the award actress. So Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, Alex Borstein. For the marvelous mm-hmm. Mrs. Maisel, so mm-hmm. three nominations for the show that like Brant Brant Grant texted me just raving about like a couple months ago, and because I have a child, I still haven't gotten to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's streaming on Amazon right now, another yeah. big streaming powerhouse. Yeah, I I mean yeah I I am. I'm so, look. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy, right? Um, What's the best stand-up comedy special you've seen recently? I did just watch Trevor Noah's. The second half was really good. The first half kind of lost me. Um, you strike me as a Bill Burr kind of guy. You know, I one of the best that I've seen uh, is uh, is. Mo Ammers, um, the Vagabond. I've heard about that. Um, I think it's brilliant, mostly because the stuff that he's making fun of is, is like, I like it's, you know, kind of current, and like he's just he, he's funny because I, you got to see it. I, I mean, yeah, I think it's uh, I think he's pretty brilliant with with some of his stuff. Um, but so this Mrs. Maisel show, it's about uh, stand-up comic? Or the early days of stand-up comedy? Well, it, it, it's it's about a woman trying to do stand-up comedy in, you know, back in the day. So, like, it's set, you know, when, a, you know, a woman literally, you know, in, like, you know, before the 60s, like, 58, I think, is what it is. And, you know, when you basically had two options, you had, you, had, you could be a secretary as a woman or you could be a housewife, right? And sure. that was that... And, um, and like, you know, the writer, Amy Sherman Palladino, to me is pretty brilliant. Um, I'm going to reveal some more things here. I am a big fan of Gilmore Girls. Oh, so it's, it's Amy Sherman Palladino from Gilmore Girls. Is yeah, the writer. She's the, the, the showrunner? She, well, she's the, yeah, she, she wrote the first, what, seven seasons or, I forget, seven seasons, I think, of, of uh, Gilmore Girls, and she, her and her husband um, write and produce, and she's the one who wrote this whole thing, and now her, I think her father was a, a comedian, and she's been writing comedy for a long time or whatever, so to me, like, I think, like, this was kind of her baby, her project, you know what I mean? Yeah. Does She's it have that like snappy dialogue that uh, that Gilmore Girls was so kind of revered for? It's very yeah. real dialogue. It's, yeah, it's br- it's brilliant. There's not as many. Um, there are a lot of like. Uh, I it's it's to me it's brilliant. I think it's just 
brilliant. If you don't like stand-up comedy, like you're not obviously you're not going to like it. If you are, I mean, if you don't believe, let me okay. If you don't, if you believe that um, in society, a, a woman's place or, or her view or how society's viewed her hasn't changed in the last hundred years, then you're not going to like it either. I see. I see. So it shows like um, there's there's some progress. So a narrative progression that we can you, see from fifty eight to twenty eighteen. If if you if you still use the term housewife, um, you're not gonna like it. If you believe that a woman's place is in the kitchen, you're not gonna like it either. And so, like, I I think it's I think it's brilliant. Now, like you know, and if you if you're familiar with Amy Sherman Palladino, you you kind of know her politics, you know, some other things, um, about her, but I, I, if you, you know, if you watch Gilmore Girls, you kind of knew kind of what was up, but to me, um, it's brilliant. Uh, even like there, there's this idea of, um, like in, in those days, you know, if your husband cheated or, um, left you, you tried to do everything in your power to get him back. Because you had no hope if you didn't have a husband, kind of an idea. Sure. And it's awful. Yeah, and this, um, this kind of uh, bucks that idea, and you know, kind of goes against the flow. So anyway, I think I think it's awesome, and uh, I mean, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I I think the lineup is 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 awesome. Um, I think you'll like it. I think you'll really, really like it. I think that I will too. I'm eager to check it out. Yeah. Becky, Becky likes binging stuff. We're on Star Trek: Deep Space Nine right now, and that's a different conversation. Because like, I love the Next Generation. I love the original series. I've never seen DS9. Not quite that into it yet, but that's Mm -hmm. that's a whole episode in of itself. So here's here's what uh, Mrs. Maisel is up against, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got Barry on HBO. Um, That of course stars. Bill Hader, who won the uh, Emmy Award for for that show mm-hmm. earlier this year, and his acceptance. I'm a big Bill Hader fan. I haven't seen Barry yet, but but he's he's so good. Um, the Good Place, which seems to be, it seems to have taken that spot that like The Office and Community and Parks and Rec had uh, in years past. Like it's the comedy that the cool kids watch. Sure. Uh, Kidding on Showtime is that uh, comedy drama starring Jim Carrey Mm -hmm. as a uh, like a children's show host, like sort of a Mr. Rogers kind of guy whose life is steeped in tragedy. And then The Kaminsky Method, which is another streaming show, that one's on Netflix. That stars uh, the elderly, the aged Alan Arkin, brilliant actor. You might remember him as the uh, the grandfather from Little Miss Sunshine. Um, uh, back in yeah. the day, he starred yeah. with Audrey Hepburn and uh, Wait Until Dark, one of my favorite thrillers. And Michael Douglas is also in The Kaminsky Method. Um, he was just hawking that on uh, Terry Gross's show on NPR. It was funny, the... Um the whole it's funny that you talk about the whole office thing because there was some there was some uh there were some rumblings about the office this past week as well 
Yeah, um, I, th- I think that some of the cast members said that they would be open to returning if the show wanted to wanted to make a comeback. Do uh, something, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of, of television comebacks, with the exception of, um, and, and some people disagree with me on this, but I, I have liked both of the Arrested Development Netflix series. I like mm-hmm. that it doesn't come out every year, that they just do it when they can get the cast together, and I think that it leaves time for them to really tinker with the scripts and to... To, to make the narrative work well in that bonkers way that Mitch Hurwitz does. So sure. I, I enjoy that. But on, on the whole, I think that like trying to recapture lightning in a bottle, especially if you have a situation where like somebody in the cast doesn't come back, is, is really tough. And I can't see somebody like Steve Carell coming back to a show like The Office, even though he wasn't in the last few seasons. I think that those seasons are generally looked on as the, the weakest of the bunch. Um, I, I I don't see it being a big sell unless they could get um, most of the primary cast and him back. But yeah. it's been it's been a long time since uh, since the office went off the air. It's been I don't know what four or five years now. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, the funny thing is is I like that's something that I actually haven't even really I was never even into it. Um, I it was one of those things where all my friends were into it and I never actually watched it. Um, I watched like a couple, you know, episodes and they were funny, you know, and I never, that might be the next one that I kind of get into. Everybody's like, I tell people that and they're like, what, what, you know, what were you doing? Uh, <laughs> what were you doing? You're running a uh, coffee shop, living the dream. I think I, I think I was, I think I was freaking working. I think that's what I was doing. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> I, I yep. think I, well, it was either that or I was watching Hogan's Heroes or something like funny. that. Funny. That's yeah. awesome. But I mean, I enjoy, yeah, I mean like there's a few things that I, like I enjoy um, uh, you know, Mrs. Maisel and all that, you know, East Coast, there's a Jersey thing, there's a New York thing, all of that. Um, I love how they reference, like, um, the Gaslight Cafe, which Dylan talks a little bit about, you know, um, all those things. Tony Shalhoub is in there, which is hilarious. I mean, um, if you're a fan of his and all that. And the, I, you know, the, it's, you know, to me, it, it just smashes. the The interesting thing to me, though, is the other thing is, you know, you have some of these shows that haven't even really, and movies that haven't really hit yet, but they're already nominated. Yeah, I. So um, you know, it's a chicken or egg question whether or not. Um, you know, I I know that people love, for example, Orange is the New Black. Right. Um, Mad Men is another good example of shows that uh, were critically acclaimed at first, um, and then once they started winning awards, went from critical darlings to commercial darlings. So, yeah, like, I, I mean, he, you can see, like, say, say, Mrs. Maisel wins for uh, for best comedy, right? But like, like, uh, like Vice, Vice is up for best motion picture, right? The, the it hasn't even come out yet about, about Dick Cheney. Like, come on, man. Like, like I. But look, is- okay. So in in its defense, though, all right, the trailer looked phenomenal, um, and Christian Bale actually put on all of that weight to play Dick Cheney, and I think oh, Sa- yeah, Sam Bale. Yeah, and yeah, Sam. Yeah, he- We've got Sam Rockwell, who's just coming off uh, an Academy Award win for um, Best Supporting Actor in uh, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Have you seen that? No. It is yet. the darkest of dark comedies. Uh, but mm. uh, um, And there are some questions about, like, 
is his character has kind of a redemptive arc about whether or not that that arc was rushed like if maybe he got a little bit too much grace at the end of the movie but he sold the role so well i've i've long been such a fan of his that to see him win an academy award was awesome um i think with with those two guys they're going to elevate the the material of whatever they're in that even if and and we do have um adam mckay who's the director of that film he's nominated for a golden globe for for best director um but uh, you know regardless of the screenplay i think that you've got a group um who's who's both helming this movie and and uh, acting in this movie who really like they they elevate the material of whatever they're in christian I, bale just, gives everything just, to it no like i'm just sick of like i get it i get it like whatever but i'm sick of people being like oh my goodness like we should nominate him for a Golden Globe because he he put on fifty pounds. I mean, like, like no. Nah. I mean, like we should. I, the guys who stay jacked all year round, those are the guys that are actually doing hard work. Like Christian Bale's <laughs> knocking right. back beers and throwing down cheeseburgers, puts on fifty pounds, and everybody's like, "Well." But then he takes it off again. Yeah, yeah. Like, what in the world? Like, no. I, I'll give. I'll give the guy. Like, I'll give like the guy who's like been jacked for like the last fifteen years straight. And is still, and he's like, you know, like those are the guys that deserve. Those are the hard work. So don't Terry Crews, Terry Crews deserves. About, I have to, yeah, like, yeah, don't give me the crap. Like, well, I mean, like he's a like like Christian Bale is a great actor, but like, don't give me the crap about like I had to wake up in the middle of the night and eat everything. Like, get out of here, man. Like, I wish me. I had that kick. Like, come on. The I other- think like Cameron Diaz did that for. Um, I forget what the movie was. And I didn't actually see the movie. It was probably awesome. So she could look like an average. She said that she, I forget what the actual quote was. But anyway, she had to like, you know, eat a ton and put on 40 pounds or something like that. And she's talking about how hard it was. Like, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm sure that most of America can commiserate with you. Well, yeah, you know what? Come like on. that, there is, yeah, there is that. I mean, I often think about how jacked I would be if... I had, and I know that they work long, rough hours. I understand that. But, like, if you're getting paid that much for a role, yeah, you can keep yourself in shape. Totally. And, like, that's your job, by the way. Like, right, you, yeah. Like, and, and, like, you honestly, you could work, you know, you know, three months, 90 days out of the year, and that's it, if you wanted to. Sure. Like, like respect for some of the other guys that go from movie to movie to movie to movie, like, and that's, you know what I mean? And, like who work 15 hour days um but the thing is the i think that bale is that kind of guy though i don't yeah i don't know like i i have a friend who's in um what's that um what's that that one on uh man i can't even remember um that's on oh preacher preacher that's it oh no kidding yeah so amc I've, yeah, 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 on AMC, yeah. So my buddy um, is Arseface. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, Ian. My buddy Ian. That's your pal? Yeah. So <laughs> That's awesome. So, I didn't know that. So, yeah, so, so like, he, and, like, Ian's been, like, working hard at doing, at acting for, like, his entire life. But he, <laughs> I love it because. Because he's he Arseface. Yeah, and he also works, like, you know. 
a few months out of the year and, and then does other fun things the rest of the year. So. Yeah, but I mean, like, his job is to literally, like, the this character's face is deformed and it looks like a butt. Yeah. Hence, hence the name. Yeah. So, so he spends, yeah, nine months out of the year he gets to have fun, but... But three months out of the year, and every time somebody sees him, he's a dude whose face looks like a butt. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, respect for that. I mean, this is this is going to do great things for his career. I mean, I think they're in the third, <laughs> third or fourth season. I don't know. I can't remember. I actually don't watch it, but... Um, no pun intended. <laughs> but um, I'm super proud of him, and I'm loving the fact that it uh, it's getting so much attention right now. So That's awesome. Yeah. So there are other movies um, we, we haven't talked about uh, the best motion picture. So Vice picked up a couple of nominations, but it's not nominated for best motion picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the odds on favorite to win is the remake of A Star is Born. And that's Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. And talk about somebody who's a hard worker. I mean, props to Lady Gaga for going out yeah. there and taking roles like that. I, I love her. I think that she's a, a phenomenal artist and a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, from what I understand, I haven't seen the movie yet, but from what I understand, her acting chops are just uh, e- even better than her vocal chops. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, she, she really knows how to play the game. Like, she always has known how to play the pop game. She does, and, and it's, it's brilliant. I don't think that there's been anybody since Madonna who also did that dual acting, singing thing. Um, in in Evita, and then eventually ended up directing her own um, sort of poorly received movies, but she still went out there and did it, which is awesome. There I mean, there like, hasn't yeah, been anybody. Like J Lo, I guess. That's sure, sure, it. but I mean, was was she was she critically acclaimed in any of her roles? Like she didn't snap up any awards nominations like Madonna did, like Lady Gaga is. I think she got an Academy Award for Made in Manhattan or something like that, right? Just <laughs> Made in Manhattan. Oh my gosh! Out of sight with George Clooney. Was that what it was called? Out of sight. Oh man. Uh, I don't know. Um, That's funny. But there. So this is weird. All of the uh, best motion pictures have have bees in the the names. So there's uh, A Star Is Born, If Beale Street Could Talk, um, Bohemian Rhapsody, which is interesting because that that seems like it, it was. Um, it wasn't that critically acclaimed. Like it got it got um, mixed to good reviews, but they weren't overwhelming. But uh, was was kind of a, a bigger hit than people thought that it was going to be. Spike Lee. Have, have you seen that yet? I have not seen Bohemian Rhapsody. My mom did, and she was rhapsodizing over. It. She loved it. I mean, she grew up with Queen, you know, um, and she said that it was like a, a really sensitive portrayal of a guy who. Um, Freddie Mercury, who truly loved other people um, mm-hmm. and, and wanted the best for them, and and that that level of compassion, I think, is something that we can all learn from. Yeah, I need to see it. I haven't seen it. I I'm, like, I'm a I'm a big Freddie Mercury fan. I so think he's I. one of the the greatest. I think he's one of the greatest vocalists of all time, rock vocalist oh, yeah. for sure. So will you and I watch Party together? Yeah. The other two on the best motion picture drama list are Black Klansman, which got rave reviews, Spike Lee, and mm-hmm. um, and Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Which, um, which I absolutely loved. I'm a big Marvel superhero fan, but I thought that um, that if you stripped away all of the Marvel pretense and all of the superhero stuff, it was still like a really good action movie. One of the better action movies that's come out in the past five years. I um, still haven't seen it actually. I'll lend it to you. It's yeah, it's I, good stuff. 
I I mean, it was it was huge. It was so like huge. And and to to an extent that no superhero movie ever has been, in fact. Yeah. Um uh-huh. it it uh if if you go to the all-time box office list, um domestic unadjusted for inflation, right? So mm-hmm. Star Wars The Force Awakens made almost a billion dollars stateside. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have Avatar, and then Black Panther is sitting pretty at number three. It made $700 million. The other, the other uh, six on the top ten list are the latest Avengers, Titanic, Jurassic Park, the first Avengers, Star Wars The Last Jedi, The Incredibles 2, which also came out this year, and the uh, and I would consider that a Pixar movie, not a superhero movie. So you've got one more superhero movie rounding out the top ten, which is The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're we're talking about um, a massive amount of money that Black Panther made. And you got to ask yourself, like, because you remember this controversy a couple of months ago over the Academy Awards having a popular movie category. In- no. Okay, what so happened? so here's what happened. The Academy Awards said they were going to have a popular movie category. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like the, the art house, the quote-unquote good movies are going to be reserved for best picture. But then there's the best popular movie, and they do things like superhero movies and comedies and things like that. That's so pretentious. Isn't it? Yeah, so that's they had they, they faced such a backlash over it that they decided to just nix the idea before they even did it. And I wonder if um, Black Panther, which, by the way, got stellar reviews, more stellar reviews than at least half of the movies that are on the Golden Globes list right now. Stellar reviews. I'm wondering, though, if they didn't put Black Panther on that list just to try to, um, to acquiesce to the people who think that awards shows aren't mainstream enough, which I think, I, is a, I, I think that's a legitimate complaint. Hmm. I mean, fine. I, I just, I can't stand the, I can't stand the idea of like, okay, we're going to have a category for the general public and then we're going to have the a category for all the people who actually work in, you know, movies, you know? So it's, like, I mean, you're dividing America in half there. It, 100%. And it's not even in half. It's not even in half. Right, it's, right, yeah. It's it's California, New York, and the, everything else that's in between. <laughs> right, right, like, yeah. You know, like politics. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, it's and and that's funny too because like the only people who have the have the coin to even be able to see all these movies are either industry people who get to uh, show their SAG after card when they walk into an AMC theater and get in for free, yeah, or ridiculous. people who have the disposable income and the time to go and see all these movies. It's a very small subset of the population. Hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I just don't You can see why they decided to do away with it. <laughs> mhm. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. That's just that's just a ridiculous idea. But. By the way, do you have any idea adjusted for inflation, right? Mhm. What the top grossing movie of all time is? This is a fun bit of trivia. You you could probably get it. The top grossing movie of all time. I'll give you a hint. It came out in 1939. Casablanca? <laughs> uh, no, actually, that was 43, I believe. Um, okay. Gone with the Wind. Adjusted uh, for inflation made nearly $2 billion. 
That's, that's crazy. The only movie that comes close, so the top ten list all time mm-hmm. are all movies that came out before the 90s. The the latest one on the top ten list is 1982. E.T. the Extraterrestrial made $1.3 billion. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Titanic is number five on the list. Adjusted for inflation, that made $1.2 billion, and that came out in 97. Yeah, I, mean, um, I remember the the craziness from the ET and from Titanic. Well, because uh, ET was still so we're talking about a, a time when um, movies would play super long in theaters because not everybody had access to a VCR. Yeah. So ET, I was born in in '86, and there were some theaters that were still playing ET. Um, Titanic, I remember even you know twenty odd years ago, played in theaters for. Gosh, um, longer longer than a year, well longer than a year. Yeah, I mean that was forever. I mean the first Jurassic Park has to be up there as well somewhere. Yeah, so the first Jurassic Park, so um, adjusted for inflation, is at number seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In in the top twenty list, the newest movie is The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. which which uh, at nearly a billion dollars that's that's from 2015 so where did wait where did black panther i thought it was like 750 like 750 yeah so on on the adjusted for inflation list right Mm -hmm. so black panther's at number 30 so the number three movie of all time unadjusted for inflation so so using today's dollars as the benchmark um is is still only number 30 on the list which is pretty wow. wild. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Is there any, um, is there a, okay. So, you know, like thinking about this, I actually just was thinking about some that I really, really want them to make. What, what do you want to be made that hasn't been made yet? Like, uh, like in, in terms of a movie? Yeah. Like I'll, t- like I'll give you an example. Sure. Um, I am, I'm a blind Jason Bourne fan. Yeah. So I want Damon and Paul Greengrass to make another movie, right? Another Bourne movie. Okay. Okay. And I, I heard that Netflix bought the rights to, um, the CS Lewis scripts. So, so I really want there to be another Chronicles of Narnia. What did you Um, think of the other Chronicles of Narnia? Um, I liked them. I didn't think that they were, dude, I just love them. I'm blind. Yeah. You know, no, like, that's okay. I, I think Voyage of the Dawn Treader was a little bit, you know, yeah. um, but I'm blind. Like, I. You just love I, the mythology. I, I just love, and I love that. I love Lewis. I love seeing the books that I read as a kid come alive yeah. finally. I love him getting respect. Like, Tolkien gets so much respect. Sure, and I, sure. And I feel like Lewis doesn't get the respect that Tolkien does. Yeah. Um, they were good friends. Yeah, I mean the guys were trading scripts back and forth. Yeah, you know, sitting like, sitting having pints at uh, what was the bar called? The Eagle and Child. Yeah, something yeah, like that. I pub. mean, just r- ripping up each other's scripts. I think is yep. the coolest yep. thing. Like you know, um, so I don't know. I, I think there's there's that you know. Plus, you know, I'm a millennial, so it's like imperative that I like C.S. Lewis. Anyway. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So. so um, one of my favorite books of all time is uh, a classic of sci-fi literature. It's called The Star is My Destination 
by mm-hmm. Alfred Bester, and um, it's a, a story of um, outer space revenge and the invention of teleportation, and it is a wild story. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been waiting for this to become a movie because it is so ripe for Hollywood. Like the this thing was made to be a movie. The way that like a lot of Philip K. Dick stuff, like uh, like Blade Runner and A Scanner Darkly, were just made to be movies. Mm-hmm. The Stars My Destination was made to be a movie, and there are always rumblings of somebody who's like picked it up and tried to adapt it and said no, this this can't be done. We can't do it justice. I I would flip my lid I would oh my gosh if that was made into a movie I would just I, I could die happy mm-hmm. I, I I mean I'm, I'm probably already gonna die happy but I'd die happier <laughs> okay that's funny I, I'm gonna have to read that book now um, I'll give you like I have like a ragged copy of it because I've read it like 20 times so good really you know the funny thing at 20 times that's awesome like I I, I haven't I've never been really introduced to sci-fi stuff. Uh-huh. It's never, I've never, I, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't actually seen all of the first three Star Wars movies. Like. I, I take that like a punch to the gut. Like. Oh, I, it hurts. Well, I'm, that's the thing. It's like, okay. Like, I forgive even, you. Like, my wife, Rebecca, makes fun of me for not seeing those movies. In fact, it comes up in random arguments, like, <laughs> like, she, like I'll be like, uh, "Yo, there's no foil in the cabinet." She's like, "Yeah, well, you haven't even seen the first three Star Wars movies, so wh- what do you know?" Like, just stuff that doesn't make any sense, That's right? Awesome. Like, <laughs> so, gosh, she's so cool. Well, um, yeah. One one thing that I am really looking forward to. So it might be my favorite piece of entertainment of all time, like books, movies, music, like. What I what I consider the pinnacle of entertainment mm-hmm. is the Twilight Zone. I love okay. the Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. and like the series. Yes, okay. yes, with Rod Serling. Cons- yeah. Consider, if you will, yeah. So um, the Twilight Zone is getting a reboot on CBS All Access, and oh, wow. the the host, the the Rod Serling guy, is going to be, um, and. Uh, just like I don't, I don't want to hedge too much, but like, just think about this for a second. Is going to be Jordan Peele, which mm. I think is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, um, one half of the comedy duo Key and Peele, but he also directed the incredibly well-received Get Out, which was which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I think that he is just the perfect person to be the 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 presenter and one of the executive producers on this series. I mean, Get I, Out was I, essentially a Twilight Zone episode to begin with. I haven't actually ever seen one episode of the Twilight Zone. Are you kidding me? No. See, no oh, this hurts. We got some I, work to do. You have Netflix, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'm going to give you a list of five episodes of the Twilight Zone to watch. Okay. And how many How many seasons are there? Five seasons. Okay. Five seasons. Uh, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm literally, I am so, I have no idea what is up, down, or east and west when it comes to sci-fi at all. Like I don't know anything. We got some work to do. We'll we'll work on that. But the Twilight Zone, I I considered just 
it is it is the pinnacle of entertainment. It, it came out at a time when, you know, it was post-war, America was booming, but there was a lot of anxiety about technology and about the Cold mm-hmm. War. And it's such like a, a product of its era, but it is so much to say about the day and age that we live in today that the episodes could have been written yesterday. Hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, the, the Twilight Zone, I'm really looking forward to that remake, uh, reboot. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm just like kind of crossing my fingers saying, don't suck, don't suck, don't suck. Um, this past week, they just announced some of the casting for the show and uh, a bunch of major names, or who I consider major names. Mm-hmm. John Cho, um, of course, from Harold and Kumar, but also from um, the, the Star Trek movies. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani, who's a great actor. He uh, wrote and directed The Big Sick, um, and also starred in it. Um, fantastic comedian, Adam Scott, who most people know as uh, as um, what was his name on Parks and Rec? Um, I don't know. I didn't watch. Okay, it, so another one you didn't watch. So uh, Le- Leslie's uh, boyfriend and eventually husband, um, and I can't believe that his name is escaping me, and. Uh, just a great, great cast that's joining this show. And so if the cast, um, the casting of Jordan Peele as both the presenter and also as an executive producer on the show, um, I'm cautiously optimistic and I'm, I'm getting more and more excited about it the more that I mm-hmm. hear about it. So I want to transition right now into, uh, since it's the holiday season, let's talk about what, what were, your, were your Christmas movie traditions as a kid or what are your Christmas movie traditions now? Um, man. Do you have any? Do you guys? I've been watching well, some Hallmark Christmas movies this year. Uh, I we do have, we do have Christmas movie traditions now. Yeah. I don't think I had any. I mean, I watched Charlie Brown a lot when sure. I was a kid, right? Yep. I think that was probably, and anyway, I listened to, which I think is still the best holiday um, Christmas album of all time, is Vince, the Vince Guaraldi Trio. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I think that's just the best. I would put um, that up against the Carpenters, but I would say that that's a really good number one and number two, whichever way mm-hmm. you uh, arrange them. Sure. Are you are you a Carpenters fan? I'm a huge Carpenters fan. Really? Oh, I love the Carpenters. That's funny. My parents were giant Carpenters fans. I mean, Karen um, Carpenter. I can't think of a better vocalist than Karen Carpenter. Yeah, I mean, she had a. She was. Yeah, man. Her 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 tone, her tone was pure for sure. This is beautiful. But you didn't watch like Home Alone as a kid. Like, oh yeah, I did. I did. Um, so that was allowed. I, I it, say, that was allowed in the Reitzel household. Yeah, it it was allowed. Um, I mean, that's so funny how you, that's how you're um, <laughs> qualifying those statements now. I know. Um, it was allowed. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if I call. I guess it was me and my sister's tradition. I'm trying to think. Sometimes I guess I, I feel like traditions are like something my parents kind of. Uh, Established as a tradition, but sure, I guess sure. me and my sister we watched yeah first and second Home Alone all the time. Yeah. Home Alone two was my favorite. So Lost in New York is yeah it's totally. a bomb. I mean, come on, I don't know of a better comedy scene ever than when uh, Marv is getting electrocuted, um, <laughs> and like, you see his bones. That to me, like. I, I, I like uh, you know Jonah. I have a friend Jonah yep, who's yep. in the band and he, um, goes to our church, and he will 
periodically just send me that scene just randomly on the phone. Like, dude, just, you gotta text me his phone number, and I'm gonna randomly send that to him today. Dude, he, listen, he starts laughing about that, and he can't stop. <laughs> like, he he cannot stop. That's one of the. Uh, yeah, so that was what I now now it is. I will watch Holiday Inn, the okay, old yeah. Holiday Inn, a, a thirty times in the next two months. That's thirty a great forty times, movie. and and White Christmas. Yeah, two um, two absolute classics. Yeah, um, Pete Crosby's. I, I I love it. Yeah, I will watch them both. You know, thirty times before uh, January's out. That's uh, those are those are two classics. I mean, yeah. and and Holiday Inn, um, especially uh, Fred Astaire. What can mm-hmm. you say about that guy? Mm-hmm. Just yeah, I th- I th- I mean, I don't man that yeah. That, I'm that just I'm getting and, and just funny, thinking about it. The funny thing is, is, is I mean, super fans of the show know that like they use the set from Holiday Inn for White Christmas, which is ten years later. And actually, yep, Fred, yep. Fred Astaire was actually it was the part for White Christmas was written for Fred Astaire, so they were literally going to do a remake of Holiday Inn in oh, White Christmas. I didn't Christmas. realize that. Yeah, but he he was retired and he didn't want to work anymore, so they cast. Um, um, uh, what's his name? Um, instead of, instead of Danny uh, Fred there, yeah, Danny K. Yeah, so, and he was cool, you know. Um, he obviously wasn't the dancer that Fred Astaire was, but still, sure. I mean, it's still, still great movie, brilliant movie, and all that. But yeah, I, you I know, know, I would give, I would give White Christmas a slight edge just because I, um, I love the director Michael Curtiz directed my favorite movie of all time, Casablanca. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, but sure. both both of those movies, man. Yeah, th- yeah, those those are those are on my holiday traditions list. The the Home Alone movies are. I like mm-hmm. like the sort of crappy holiday movies. Like I'm I'm a big fan of. Um, have you have you ever seen Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> with like Sinbad, isn't Sinbad? Yeah, Sinbad is in it. Yep, yep. He's the he's the protagonist or the antagonist. Yeah. Yeah, it's just um, so I've seen it like bad. once, I think. It's so bad. And the kid in the movie um, was uh, Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Episode One: A Phantom Menace. They're basically like the same movie, so. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, <laughs> a, a kid who's especially fond of a robot and right. go, goes on an adventure. That's, that's funny. Um,. Fun I, fact, I don't think I... I think I did see that movie, actually. I think I did see that movie. I mean, I, like, I can't make Maybe. a recommendation to see it. Like, it's not worth your time, but if you Phantom have, Phantom like, Menace or Jingle All the Way? Oh, Jingle All the Way. The Phantom yeah. Menace, I I probably shouldn't recommend for different reasons, but I still like it. But gotcha. The, um, Jingle All the Way is, like, it's not what I would call a good movie, and if mm-hmm. you didn't grow up with it, like, you probably wouldn't get anything out of it. Sure. But, but I still like to watch it every holiday season. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, of course, um, uh, my father-in-law and Rebecca love The Christmas Story. Of you know, course. It's kind of like, you know, um, they play it nonstop on like 24 hours for 24 hours on, uh, I don't know what the channel is, but, you know, you have to, you got to watch that. Yep. Um, yep. 
actually one of the um, one of the guys we work with here, the youth pastor. He bought you know the pink bunny suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, was super proud of that. So, yeah, there's that. I also um, I love Christmas movies that aren't really Christmas movies. Like mm-hmm. two from the '80s that stand out: Gremlins and Die Hard. Both. Die Hard. <laughs> happen to take place on Christmas but are not exactly Christmas movies but I still like I, I watch Die Hard every Christmas Eve that's like really? my, my go to Christmas Eve movie yep that's funny I you know I um, I know I saw it a long time ago I saw I was I was watching an argument on Twitter about whether Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie or not sure I, and I would say no. Like I'm, okay. I'm not. I'm not going to get into that argument. It's it's mm-hmm. a movie that happens to take place on Christmas. That gives a little bit of color and it gives it a little bit of background. But I mean, that's to, Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie any more than than like Holiday Inn is a movie about the French Quarter, right? It's just it's contextual. <laughs> the French Quarter. Yeah. Okay. It's contextual. Oh, okay. You know what? I did remember, um, uh, let's see, a movie that my sister and I used to watch all the time was The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first one, right? Right, the first one. Yeah, when he puts on all that weight and his heart beats like jingle bells. <laughs> exactly. Yep, that's it. That's it. Oh, man. I've seen that movie, but I haven't seen all the Star Wars movies, so. Well, <laughs> look who's a big man. Yeah, look at that. You know, um, uh, I have a friend who um, I kind of make fun of her all the time because she she's seen three movies and so like literally three. But every like the the one movie she's seen is Elf. <laughs> right? That's a so, big deal. Like, and and I, I think that I'm like a little bit too. Because that came out when I was in college, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think that I, I sort of missed the book. I saw it. I liked it. But, sure. it like, it didn't become a tradition the way that it did for kids who were, like, in middle school when that movie came out. And it was just, like, the best thing ever. Like, Will Ferrell as an elf? Are you kidding me? Dude, that's, yeah. And, I mean, I love it because it's Will Ferrell. But I, it just, to me now, I've, I've actually started to, like, not like it. Because we'd be, you know, we'll be in a group talking about a movie and... This girl will say, "Yeah, you remember Elf?" And everybody's like, "Pipe down!" <laughs> like, you know, this is the only talk. point of reference that she has for talking about yeah. movies. <laughs> exactly, it's it's really funny. That's funny. Um, yeah, so she'll be really happy when she hears me talking about her when she listens to this. Actually, so sorry, we're not making, we're not laughing at, we're laughing with. Yeah. So as we close out today, do you got anything that you're listening to? Anything you're watching? Anything to recommend to anybody? Um, Let me tell you, I was uh, while you think about that, I yep. was at a concert last night, uh, mm-hmm. a, a, yeah. band, a band called Ghost, and um, and I really like them. Um, they do this like big theatrical, like it, it, it's all it, there's like some satanic imagery, but it's all played for laughs, like it's a joke, it's a vaudeville. Um, hmm. But the uh, the guitarist injured himself, the lead guitarist. Yeah, I was going to ask you, how did that happen? I don't know. So it happened during the intermission, but he like, so he was playing off stage for the rest of the show. So there were just like invisible solos going on, which is a very strange experience. Like props to them for finishing the show and everything when, because like they, they do a big production. It's a stage, stage show. So like the bassist came up and sort of took his place on the stage, but then like they had spotlights and they were spotlighting the, uh, rhythm guitarist when the solo 
was playing, and I'm like, this, this is kind of embarrassing. Like the that poor guy. Yeah. yeah, I know. Like he's just like chugging away at a four power chord riff while this awesome <laughs> solo is playing, and he's got the spotlight on him. I man, uh, you have to think too. Like, what did what happened so that he could still play? But he wanted to play off stage. Leg injury, pulled a muscle, something like that. I'm thinking. Like, yeah, it's it's strange. And he was like, "I don't want to sit on stage. I'm not going to sit down. I'd rather be off stage." Um, I don't know. That's really odd. So my my recommendation today is a band who I've been going back to a lot. Um, there's just a, a for some backstory. One of my favorite bands is Frightened Rabbit. Um, mm-hmm. Their lead singer. Um, lost his battle to mental health earlier this year. Um, he uh, he drowned in a river. Um, very hmm. sad. And there's a, a tribute concert last night at Rough Trade with um, Ben Gibbard um, from Death Cab for Cutie played, Kevin Devine, Julianne Baker played, um, Craig Finn from The Hold Steady, Aaron Dessner wow. from The National, um, a bunch of uh, great, great. Um, That's a crazy popular, lineup. It's an awesome lineup. Yeah. Great and popular indie artists who are influenced by Scott Hutchison, and who uh, who he who um, influenced him as well. Uh, played this show in support of a mental health charity that was set up in his name. Um, it's still kind of hard for me to go back and listen to Frightened Rabbit sometimes mm. because it's like they're never going to make music again, or at least like not sure. in that formation. And that can be a little bit tough. I went through the same thing after Bowie died. It's like, man, like going back and listening to the music, like there's some melancholy there. Um, but I would encourage they, everybody. They played at they played at the record store, Ref Trade. Yeah, they did. Really? Yeah. In Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I would encourage everybody, like, go back. There's, there's some. They deal with some heavy stuff. Some stuff dealing with um, suicide and depression and loneliness. Um, but it's, it's great music. It's been very cathartic, very therapeutic for me. And, um, and just uh, when I was thinking about this, this, I would love to have been at the show last night at Rough Trade. Um, but I was at another show. But uh, thinking about Frightened Rabbit and their impact on me. Um, Frightened Rabbit will always be one of my favorite bands, and and they're going to be my recommendation for today's show. That's cool. I mean, I know you probably want to save this for another show, but there's some stuff, you know, some really cool stuff that um, that your that your wife actually did for you for in uh, yeah the, yeah so a few I, weeks ago. I or, I will save that for another show. But Grant was yeah. a part of this, uh, uh, and we'll do like a mental health part two show because I think that that's really important. But um, my my wife put together uh, a little bit of a gift for me that Grant contributed to. Um, that uh, that's just a, a reminder to um, to keep my mental health in check and to take care of myself and to, uh, as Scott Hutchison said in one of their songs, um, make tiny changes to earth. And um, that's something that's really important to me. And I'll, I'll talk about that um, on the next episode. Um, and about what the gift was and everything, and and uh, we'll we'll get into that. So um, thanks for bringing that up, though. That ties Absolutely. into the frightened rabbit stuff, and uh, and I'll explain more about that on on the next show. Cool. Um, so I've been so uh, I've been running over the new um, 1975 album. Um, so, 
so that album is getting rave reviews. Yeah, a brief inquiry into online relationships, which I think is kind of brilliant. Um, and I've been playing it nonstop since it came out. Um, the funny thing is, is like I have this. I've always had like I've hated when there was like um, an '80s feel to anything. Like sure guitar, guitar. Like I've always hated the '80s guitar tone. I've always hated like random I, I can't say that as a sweeping general statement but there's sure. a, there's certain like that overly saturated chorus like that like I, I've I've had a hard time with that is it but um I've always loved the way the 1975 kind of uses it and I this this album I'm still working through it I'm probably on my third listen now um, all the way through, but I really, really, really like it. That um, record just came out on November 30th, and it's yeah. already making like loads of best of 2018 lists. Yeah, yeah, that's it's yeah, it's literally been out like le- what like less than a week or like a week or something like yeah. that. And I'm gonna have to check that out. I haven't listened to it yet. I almost bought a copy at Target the other day, and then I remembered mm-hmm. I have Apple Music and I can listen to it for whatever <laughs> I'm paying them. So. But I'll I'll check that out and I'll let you know what I think of it. I'm yeah, eager to, do it. I'm eager to listen to that. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm still kind of running through it, but I'm really enjoying it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, also, new albums. A uh, couple of weeks ago, Mariah Carey came out with a new record. That's that's uh, pretty darn good. So if have, if you I like pop and vocal music, yeah, it's it's some uh, it's some good stuff. Hmm. It's called Caution. I'll have to but you do not have to caution. You can just listen to the record. Do okay. Not, do not take okay. caution. Okay. Stuff. Okay. All right, dude. Cool. It's, it's been awesome. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. Hope you enjoyed it. You can hit us up at um, on Instagram. Uh, this is a love war. This is a love war. And uh, you can always uh, reach us at this is a love war at gmail.com. Um, it's been really cool, man. It's been uh, really good. We'll see, you. we'll see you next time. Sounds good, man. Take care. Love work.